You're listening to Surly Talk Sport. Brought to you by Sky Sport now. Oh, good. Welcome back. Early talk sport, fresh off one of the great weekends over at Magic Ground, or should I say, just starting to feel fresh again after one of the great weekends at Magic Ground. I'll give you a full run through of the event shortly when we talk about the greatest game of all, but it truly is a special weekend, one I would recommend to everyone listening. A pilgrimage of footy fans from all clubs. The amount of kit on display is exceptional. The banter is flowing, and boy, is it bloody good fun. But on today's show, we'll talk all things Magic Round, as well as preview round 11, which of course kicks off tonight with a heck of a clash. And we'll rip into some super rugby. Couple interesting results last weekend, really lighting up that competition. The weekly wrap, cover off the NBA and the UFC there, before tackling the old Q&A to finish up. For another week. As always, got to shout out the great folks at Sky Sport now as well for partnering with the Surly Talk Sport podcast. Of course, none of this would be possible without them. So if you like me, you love your sport, you don't want to pay for all of the other channels that come with your regular Sky subscription, make sure you check out the Sky Sport Now app, download it, sign yourself up. It'll give you access to all of the Sky Sport and ESPN channels as well as your docos, highlights and pay-per-view events, all at a fraction of the price. So you can watch your Formula One, your golf, your UFC, your Super Rugby, NRL, everything worth watching, live or on demand. Surly 10, that's the discount code for 10% off. It's exclusive to STS listeners, so make sure you make the most of it. Truly appreciate their support and also the support of all of you listening who have used that code as well. Truly grateful. So, Magic Round, what a week here, man. And of course, as you'll recall on here last week, I was saying how gutted I was not to be heading over, but come Friday night, boy, did things escalate and at a rapid rate of knots. Chilling on the couch, watching the Chiefs run a mark and received the text of all texts along the lines of if we book your flights for tomorrow morning, could you make it over? Say less. You didn't have to ask me twice. Next thing you know, 3.30am, I was at the airport full of fizz and ready to rip in. Landed in Brizzy about 8am and from there on out, she was all go. Checked into the hotel, shout out to the Pullman. Great pillows, I must say, and it's always a real lottery for me. The old hotel pillow, it can go either way. Wake up and feel like you're walking around all day with a Brent Tate neck brace on, but that wasn't the case here. Thankfully, not too soft, not too hard. Also, the bunnies, dragons, raiders and roosters, they were staying there too. So that was a heck of a buzz, seeing those lads just walking around the lobby, even shared an elevator with a couple of the greats. Latrell Mitchell, boy, is he one big human being tall as anything looks like a basketballer and then I can also confirm Ruben Garrick he is just as good looking if not better in person so I checked into the hotel went on the old Warriors team walk and then went off to the Lord Alfred Hotel for that Warriors pre-game meetup organized by the Warriors Nation crew banged out a podcast with two of the greats Kevin Campy and Mark Tukey if you haven't checked it out yet one take you'll find all the links on the Warriors Insta page met plenty of fellow Waz frothers and then made our way down the old legendary Caxton Street chaos and into Suncorp to really get amongst it once we were there shot some TikTok clips for the Warriors page you may have seen already even managed to have a quick yarn with the old NRL CEO Andrew Abdo tried to get him a rip the up the wires instead he went with a go the Warriors but hey we'll take it also preach my case to have magic round over in New Zealand so if that happens soon I think 2025 the contract is up then you can all thank me later would be absolute scenes from there 
made my way down onto the field and I tell you what, never in my wildest dreams did I think I would get to walk out of the tunnel and onto Suncorp Stadium. What a buzz, a club footy battler trotting out onto the second greatest rugby league stadium behind Mount Smart of course and if you haven't been to Suncorp before you got to add it to your bucket list. Going to an origin game there would be absolutely off its head. You feel so close to the action in the stands, the way she's set up it's like you're on top of the players at times and it makes for a hissing viewing experience and then from there settled into my seat and started to get into the old pre-game atmosphere right behind the Warriors bench. Certainly couldn't complain about the view. Post-game, fair to say the old schooey-schooey moimoys, they were flowing, put in a decent shift, would have been rude not to, and then as a result had to wake up early doors and do the old Dusty Martin flight home the next day. Only just come right to be fair, worth it though, and would do it all again in a heartbeat. So a massive 24 hours almost at Magic Round. Loved every moment. Taking over the Warriors Instagram, that was a buzz too. And you can bet your bottom dollar, I'll be back there again next year. An annual trip moving forward for sure. And shout out to all the legends I met over there too. Fellow Warriors froffers that are loving the content across the multiple channels. Appreciate you all. Stoked to meet so many of you. And fair to say the Warriors certainly have some of the most passionate fans in the game, willing to travel as well, which you love to see. So there's a little off-field wrap-up for you, but let's rip into the on-field action. And I tell you what, it was all go on the paddock too, with upsets aplenty. Super Sunday in particular dished up three of the best, but let's cover off what were the main games for me? Friday night, Broncos, they pumped the gulls as we thought they might. Tell you what, tough road trip for the Bronx. They did bloody well not to let this away game take a toll on them. Shot out the blocks firing and had way too much in the duffel for a helpless manly side who despite Tommy Turbo lacing up, they didn't really fire any shots and it resulted in back-to-back Towelings for them. For the Broncos, they certainly look sharp, but for me, this game against the Storm tonight, that'll really give us an indication as to where they're at. They're finally having to travel, leaving the Sunshine State. So I'll be watching this one closely just to get a bit of a better read on them. Saturday, Warriors, Sharks, and Storm all get tripped up. Three powerhouses of the competition. Fair to say she was a multi-killer. In all seriousness, though, who saw that result? Sharkies getting pumped by the Finns. The atmosphere at that game was electric. Of course, the Finns, they are Queensland Bay, Suncorp, is their regular home stadium. Plenty of their fans in the crowd, those little fin hats everywhere being used as vessels left, right and centre. And great to see big Valens Tefari or Val Meninga as he's now effectively known. He's built like a fridge, but boy did he impress on debut. Two meaties, tackle breaks galore. Stoked I held on to him in fantasy, looking like one of the great cash cows. And no doubt the bigwigs at Waikato Rugby, they were watching that game thinking, shit, Maybe we lost a great one from our system. Of course, it was only two years back. He was in the Waikato and Chiefs pre-seasons. Looking to get a gig in Rugby Union. Another one that got away. But hey, their loss is a gain for God's game. The Bunnies, they were on fire once again and laid down their premiership credentials with a dominant 28 points to 12 win over the Melbourne Storm. That's five dubs on the trot for them now. She was close at Oranges, 12-6. Bees dixed up, heading in it up the tunnel. But in the second 40, they really turned it on. AJ with a double five minutes apart. And that really did secure them a win and a well-deserved one at that. I thought Trelly Mitt, Cody Walker, they continued their unreal form. They were wreaking havoc on Bellamy's boys. And when you look at the stats, seems pretty crazy because Latrelli only had six runs for 86 metres, the second lowest run total in the whole of the Bunnies 17. But he made it count. Two try assists, one line break assist, a couple of beautiful nudges too. The stats certainly don't tell the full story for Trell. And it just seems like when the game's in the balance in those key moments, the bloke knows when to insert himself and run amok, really stamping his authority on this game and looking hot to trot in a couple weeks' time for State of Origin. Can't wait to see him back out there in the sky blue running amok. Big Tommy Burgess, he laid the platform up front in the middle third, as old blocker Roach likes to call it. And to be fair, the Storm, they were just off 
all night. So well-deserved two points for Souths. Looking forward to that bounce back from Melbourne tonight. Super Sunday. Tigers, Cows and Titans all got the wins. A better's worst nightmare if you chuck those three together in a head-to-head multi. She would have been happy days. The Tigers, they go back-to-back for the first time in 379 days. That is 14 more than a year for all of you doing your maths at home. The Dragons, they get their fifth loss in a row after butchering their chance to win at the death. And surely old Gryffindor, Anthony Griffin, he must be on his last legs. Wouldn't be surprised if he gets the axe in the next couple of weeks. And I do notice the Dragon CEO, he came out and said they're going to stand by him. Normally, that's someone writing their own death notice in the world of coaching. So let's stay tuned to that. But into the Warriors deep dive we go. And man, was there plenty to unpack for this game. And also, in the events that have gone down in the post-game, Jason Parrish, the one New Zealand CEO, absolutely teeing off, gripping and ripping on the referees what a roost he is but let's talk about the game first we got off to an unreal start Adam Fanua Blake the big fella punched onto a beautiful ball from Tohu again highlighting how key our skipper is to our side on both sides of the ball he dished up a nice little tip pass to AFB off the shoulder of Shawnee just allows us to play that three or four wider from the ruck and from there the big fella did the rest That's three tries now in four games for him and surely his TAB anytime try scorer odds they will be dropping dramatically heading into the Doggies game this week. Unfortunately though that was the only time we crossed the chalk in this game going scoreless for the next 70 minutes. Shit did we give it a red hot crack though and looked likely on more than a handful of occasions while also making the Panthers really work hard for their 18 rugby league points and that was probably the most pleasing aspect for me the Panthers they are back-to-back premieres for a reason classy polished footy side featuring some of the biggest names in the game but once again we were up for the challenge as we have been in every game so far this year we threw the kitchen sink at them hammer and tongs on attack and defense Cossie and co throwing in some massive shots and giving this game a finals intensity and it further confirmed to me we can mix it and mingle it with the best of the competition in 2023 and plenty has been made post game about the referees and of course I mentioned him before but the one New Zealand CEO old Paris he's really gone to town on them and made some noise and good on him too don't agree with the cheating allegations and it was good to see he's come out since taken that back typical fan like us in the heat of the moment probably lost his cool but everything else he said was spot on and it's exactly how Warriors fans feel and no doubt the club they're feeling pretty similar too so it was good to see him voice it really bring the shocking calls that we've been receiving to light and also great to see some of the Aussie media Paul Kenton Co on NRL 360 love them or hate them they've got a massive following so good to see them jump on the bandwagon too but let's run through a few of those calls now because for me there's a handful that meant we were robbed of the opportunity to compete and that is simply not acceptable so I've picked out four of the worst in my opinion we'll start with Tohu Skip cleaned up high over the top with a swinging arm from fellow Kiwi Moses Leota and credit to the referee Todd Smith and this is by no means an all-out assault on him he stopped the game once Tohu stayed down it allowed the bunker to have a look at it somehow after multiple slow motion replays the bunker decided it was play on nothing in it and what a stitch up that is and I think the most frustrating thing as Warriors fans is often we see the bunker making these decisions incorrect ones too and the Warriors fans in the crowd too were certainly making plenty of noise about it so it must almost be impossible for the referees not to hear the noise being made at the ground next up Dimitrik Sofakula cop the hip drop of doom a textbook hippie as I like to call it and that went unpenalized after we saw Jacko Ford copper Sinbin for the same offense just minutes before make that make sense I bet you can't then Dallin he cops a high shot around the face which results in the game being stopped and him being sent for an HIA by the independent doctor that went unpenalized too so it's bad enough for a concussion check 
possible brain cell depletion. For the poor man's Lionel Richie, but not bad enough for a penalty or to be put on report. That seems a little fishy. And then we had the Dimitrix Sifakula Sinbin, which I admit it was a bit cheeky in terms of the old closed fist collar push but it was it worth 10 in the bin i certainly don't think so that's been going on on rugby league field since the game was created i'd almost be more disappointed if he didn't do it that's club footy one-on-one he's got a bit of grub in him and the fact that clary and spencer Lenu, who looks like he would love to throw a couple they didn't react that leads me to believe there was nothing in it also the bunker they should have factored in the pure size of nathan clary's chin of course it's going to clip him. It's basic science and call me biased, but I don't think that was worthy of a spell. That is the type of action that our great game has been built around. So overall, the ruck infringements, they finished four to one, two Sinbins as well, all in Penrith's favour. You can't win a game with momentum like that going against you, especially not against a quality side like Penrith. So I do think these calls, they really did cost us a chance at winning the game. And look, I'm happy to cop that we might not have got the dub. They were the better side and they deserved the two points. But what I will argue until the cows come home is that it cost us the chance, which is all you can ask for. We just want a level playing field and be given a fair crack. And we sure as shit aren't getting that at the moment. So watch this space. Something's got to change. And I tell you what, Ben Cummins, the man in the middle this weekend, he'll be on high alert knowing that every blow of the whistle will be run over by a fine tooth comb in the media. So hopefully we get a bit of that rub of the green and a couple calls can go our way. Standout performers for me. Again, I thought Chance Nickel Clockstad fresh back from his HIA stand down and straight into his work. 25 carries, 101 metres, three tackle breaks and beaten only for total metres carried by the Warriors by Marcelo Montoya who was also outstanding in game 100. He racked up 196 and another massive bump off this time on Cleary. Pound for pound, the strongest man in rugby league. And well done to Mars on that milestone. I thought SJ was unreal again. Three runs, two line breaks, three tackle breaks, and a monstrous 841 kicking meters with two forced dropouts. There's some vintage SJ glimpses as well. Nothing better than when he whacked a couple blokes, chucked that grubber into the end goal, then tackled Cleary, trapped him, and gave him the big standover. Get it up here type of reaction. Loved me a piece of that. In the forward pack, I thought the pick of the bunch were Adam and Tohu. I've touched on them already, but they combined for 286 run meters. And Tohu racked up 48 tackles too. I also thought Joshy Curran, he was great off the bench yet again. 32 tackles, 74 meters and one line break off eight carries. The mulleted menace, he continues to run a muck off the Remu. And I'm excited to watch him trot out there to start this weekend so unfortunately she wasn't the result we were looking for our third loss in that 11 day three game stretch but we continue to march on put in performances us fans can really be proud of with Nathan Cleary highlighting that post game as well he had a couple quotes which I thought summed things up perfectly he said it was the hardest game of the year so far massive respect to the Warriors and what they've been able to build and what Webby has been able to build over in NZ he said they weren't going away kept showing up and even though he thought that we were tired they kept being there and putting their bodies on the line bloody tough and they were really happy to get the win that to me is the ultimate sign of respect so keep your heads high Warriors fans and on we march into round 11 which of course gets underway tonight so we will touch on this week's key game Storm vs Broncos Thursday night footy she's back after a one week sabbatical 9.50pm kickoff on Sky Sport 4. No change for both sides. They're both rolling out the same 17 as last week. Interesting to see too. The Storm have won 12 straight against the Broncos. Who haven't won at Amy Park since 2016. So Bellamy's boys. They clearly have the upper hand on them. And they will be stinging after getting put to the Storm by South last weekend. This should be a bloody high quality game. Some huge matchups all across the park. Battle of the halves. That's going to be mouth watering stuff. And hopefully we get to see old Payne and the Haas and Big Nelson of Sofa Solomona come together too. That'll be a heck of a collision. So really looking forward to this game tonight. I'll back the Storm to get the dub 
gun to the head, but I think it will be close in that 1-12 to region. Then Friday night footy, mouth-watering clashes for us Warriors fans. 8pm kickoff, a great time to tune in. Doggies versus the Warriors, and what will be a four-point win for us with the bye coming up next weekend. And the lads, they've been training in the Goldie all week, so no doubt they've been enjoying that, being based in one of the great locations Talking to a few of the boys after that Penrith game, they were already looking forward to ripping in and going hammer and tongs, earning the bye, as Chance put it. So I think it's going to be a pleasing watch and a dominant display for the boys in red, blue and green. Coach Webby made a couple changes, two of them forced through injury in Cossie and Jacko Ford, and then a strategical change as well, bringing in the incredible Volk to partner SJ in the halves. Unfortunately, it's not great news for Koss. He's expected to miss around four weeks with a knee niggle. Picked it up in that massive shot on Stephen Crichton. Some A-grade ironing from him, folded him in half, but unfortunately came out second best. He's going to require a month on the sidelines to fill up on ligament lube and get back out there. So in comes Rocco Berry, player's first NRL game in the last 11 months. And to be fair, I'm excited to see him rip in. He's got so much talent and potential, and I think he's going to be a great addition against the Dogs. He comes in in hot form too, ripped up for the New South Wales Cup side last weekend, crossed for two meaties, 142 metres and two tackle breaks. 20 tackles made as well. So a big shift there from Rocco's modern life. And then in the incredible Volt call, I really rate it. And I'm excited to see how he goes. It'll be his fifth NRL game. He's been running amok as well for the cup side, much like Rocco. Been a massive part of the reason they're sitting in third at the moment. He's goal kicking at 88% so far this year. 46 from 52. I consider myself a pretty good goal kicker, but that is unreal. He's also poured on 14 try assists in nine games. Some top shelf pharmacist work. Started in the game where we bet the Sharks, so hopefully he has a bit of confidence about him. And I think this is a great reward for his form. And also, more importantly, it allows us to shift old D walks, the ball bash brother, back onto the Remu and into that 14 role. We're biased or unbiased. I think he is the best player in the comp. He's made such a massive impact for us there. Coming on around that 20, 30 minute mark in the middle and ripping in a tearing. So hopefully more of that is on the forecast. In the forward pack, the mulleted menace, JC, he gets the start. Been in great form of late. And then most importantly, we get another week out of that skip and add-in combination, which has been so prolific for us so far. Bringing out the best in both of their games. Good to see Tohu as well, able to go back-to-back with that knee niggle. Fingers crossed, that is repairing every minute of every day then on the other side of the ledger for the doggies and i tell you what jason paris if you're listening mate you need to get a whiff of this story too because i think the nrl's physios are conspiring against the warriors as well it's not just the refs but the lads in the medical room because it seems like our opposition players are bringing back their best players every week from injury whenever they play the Waz. A couple weeks back, we got Nas returning for the Storm. Last week, we got James Fisher-Harris for the Panthers. And this week, we get Josh Adokar for the Doggies. That could be worth a tweet, something to prove into further. And hopefully, old Buzzy Rothfield, I reckon he would be the man to get the mayo on this. But a huge inclusion for the Dogs, welcoming back that prolific stripe weapon on the wing. And that is the one big change for the boys from Bankstown this weekend so a much win game for the lads we need to bank this one take the two points that'll hopefully propel us back into the eight we're currently sitting in 11th only two points though one win behind the panthers in third so she's a log jam at the top by week next week a guaranteed two points win this one on we march pick up some momentum before we take on the broncos in napier in two weeks time then following this game another friday night footy clash with the panthers taking on the chooks one of the great double headers we get dished up tomorrow this could be an interesting watch i'll be back in penrith to get the dub for sure but these are two proud clubs with some huge bodies in the middle that won't back down and it's also interesting to see liam martin he's been named on an extended bench as a possibility to return it would be perfect timing for him to make a late push for an origin spot which 
of course, goes down in a couple of weeks. He's been that starting second row for New South Wales for a couple of years now. And no doubt he'll be doing everything he can to get back out onto the paddock. Would be a huge inclusion for Ivan's men. With Angus Crichton getting the start for the Chooks, that could be a straight shootout. Winner gets to wear the sky blue. And then the final game I wanted to look at for this round, Manly versus the Sharks, going down on Sunday, purely because it's one that I think could be an interesting spectacle with both sides fresh off magic round humpins. And although Manly, they've been well off the pace so far, you just wouldn't underestimate them at home on Brookvale Oval. Nico Hines and co, they would have been filthy at the shift they put up last week. Their quality football side, and no doubt Craig Fitzgibbon has been reading them the riot attack, so this should be an entertaining clash. Plus, it's another chance to see Tommy Turbo go about his work. Is the groin okay? Certainly doesn't look like it, but can he push through the pain and dish up a top-shelf performance? Many starting to question now whether he will play for New South Wales, so hopefully the old Sky Remote, he can put in a real shift. So another quality round of rugby league footy ahead with some sides we had penciled in as contenders looking to pick up wins and stay in touch with the top four on the ladder. With the competition this year, you can bet your bottom dollar there'll be a couple upsets as well. So can't wait to sink my teeth into this weekend's clashes. And of course, up the mighty was. Round 11 in the books for the Super Rugby and it feels like this might just have been the round that this competition finally starts to heat up a little. Some huge results and some real nail biters with the Blues being pushed right down to the wire against their crosstown rivals in Moana and the Drua upsetting the swirls. You'd have to think crushing their home semi-final chances and really throwing a spanner in the works in terms of the competition's run home. But let's kick things off with that Friday night footy clash which got us underway Landers hosted the Chiefs down in the lunchbox with the Chiefs chalking up 52 of the best to get the dub and do so comfortably 52 points to 28 they remain unbeaten 10 wins from 10 games extremely impressive stuff and for those wondering at home the last team to go undefeated in a season was the Crusaders back in 2002 they went 11 from 11 slightly more reduced competition they then went on to win the comp so ominous signs for the lads from the Waikato certainly the team to beat and you just can't imagine anyone tipping them up so far. Interesting to look at the stats. The Landers, they dominated the possession, but the Mana men ran in seven tries to four, just highlighting their ability to make every chance a winner and punish you for any mistakes. Potent threats like Narawa, Shooter and Dmac running amok. They can switch from attack to defense so seamlessly and any half gaps they will turn into points. A quick little shout out as well. Young center Daniel Rona, only 22 years old. I think he's a concreter by trade as well. He's the brother of former Wallaby Curtis Rona and he's actually uncontracted with the Chiefs. He's currently just a short term injury replacement for old Quintapaya. His contract isn't even guaranteed until the end of the season at the moment but he again led the team in running meters. He totaled 106 of only 5 carries scored two tries got man of the match and Shane stuff it's going to be incredibly hard for coach Clayton McMillan to not start him in those key games moving forward and I tell you what if I was the Highlanders I would be contacting his agent 24-7 pestering him even chucking letters in his mailbox to say how much do we have to pay to get Rona the old virus down here to Dunedin because boy could they do with an attacking threat like this kid. Next up, the first of four games on the Saturday and a triple header of Kiwi Games too. And of course, I didn't watch these live. I was too busy sinking my teeth into Suncorp. But I did watch the replays on Sky Sport now and I did do a bit of a deep dive into the stats. And they certainly tell a tale, especially in this first game. Hats off to the Drua. Again, they showed that taking them on in Fiji, they are no joke. They've now claimed two massive scalps in the Crusaders and the Swirls. And great news for for them is that two of their final four games 
They are in Fiji, so they'll be right in the playoff mix by the looks of things. Their away games, I think they're against the Reds and the Force too. Two sides that are certainly beatable. If they go four from four, I tell you what, a home semi is not out of the picture for them. So let's rip into these stats, as mentioned, because although it finished four tries to three to the Swirls, the rest of them would make for some tough reading for Plumtree and co. On attack, the Drua ran for 103 carries for 662 metres. That is crazy. In comparison, the Swirls, they carried 77 times for 227 metres. So put your calculators away. I've done the math for you. That's a 435 metre differential on only 26 more carries. That is wild. On D, it didn't get much better either with the draw making 83 tackles for only 17 misses. The Canes, 115 tackles for 32 misses. Again, another stat that stands out. You just can't afford to miss that many against the Flying Fijians. Also of note, the drawer, they took four penalty shots at goal compared to the Canes zero. Throw in a 13 to 8 penalty count, a red card and a yellow card for the Canes and that is all she wrote. It's just so great to see the stands packed again. The locals absolutely loving it and the team delivering too. What a win that was. After that, with the Crusaders getting the win over the force and doing so comfortably, they scored eight tries to one and ran away with the game to rack up a 48 to 13 win it was total domination from the home side the cranberry cruisers they're way too good for the perth punishers and shout out to the big fella as well Brody mcallister he got a rare start ahead of cody taylor had himself a day too, crossing for a hat-trick of meaties with Lester and the Big Mac also grabbing two apiece. And then little Cody, he came on and iced it off the Rimu too. Didn't want to be left out of the try-scoring action. What a day for the hookers. Love a rolling mall to the Crusaders. Great to see Will the Thrill Jordan back out there as well. He was straight into his work. Led the Satyrs for meters run and also defenders beaten. He's a dangerous bloke. It was just good to see him out there carving it up, having not donned the boots since November. Mentioned last week a real sigh of relief for all New Zealand rugby fans and hopefully he can hit his straps in the business end with a bit more time in the saddle and look like a real threat come the All Black season. And then the final game we'll look at, and shit, I thought I'd had a few too many when I saw this score come across my screen on a Saturday night. Couldn't believe my eyes. 31 points to 30, the Blues over the Moana. And fair to say, since watching the game, I can't help but feel bloody sorry for the Moana men. They definitely deserve the win in my books. And that is coming, of course, from a staunch Blues fan and it's such a tough way to lose a game of footy copping two yellow cards in the final minutes before a penalty try at scrum time which resulted in the win for the boys from the Garden of Eden. It was a huge effort from the winless side and they can really hold their heads high in a game that I know a lot of them wanted to win. Got a couple mates in the team. They really wanted to get it up over their crosstown rivals. Of course a lot of them are so close off the field. And you'd have to think if they put in another performance like that, their first win, it is just around the corner. Maybe against the Swirls this week. In saying that though, I saw Artie and co say they want to play this one. That was meant to be an all-black rest week for quite a few of them, but they want to lace up and try get redemption. So I thought this would be an easy bonus point win for the Blues, who in the end looked incredibly patchy. They would have breathed a massive sigh of relief once the full-time whistle went. But I guess on reflection, you just bank this one, you flush it, you move on, because boy do they have a tough trip up ahead of them this weekend. Shout out to Akira Yuani, who I think was crucial for them in getting the win. Good to see him back out there playing some of his best footy as well. Showed a real work great, plenty of ticker, and with ball in hand, he is one of the most blockbusting runners we have in our game here in New Zealand, so good to see him ripping in as well. The Blues certainly needed a massive shift from him. So on we march into round 12 with that game on Saturday night, Blues Crusaders being the big clash of the week for me. But before then, we get treated to some Friday night footy. And look, fair to say, I'd be interested to see the viewing numbers on this one because I think despite the Chiefs being the hot side in the competition, the Warriors will well and truly outrate them. But again, 
Let's wait and see. Chiefs first Reds going down in Taranaki, the first game for our New Zealand sides. Interesting to see the Chiefs have made a number of changes in that forward pack. They've taken the opportunity up against the lower ranked Aussie side to rest and recuperate. But again, DMAC, he gets to play at 10. The fact he's not in that all black rest protocol, like I've pointed out a couple times, that's a real hack for them. He's the form 10 in the competition at the moment. He has been all year. And with him running the cutter, regardless of who else is out there from jerseys 1 to 8, you just back them to get the win. And that is exactly what I think will happen. And saying that though, there's still some big names there. Joshy Lord, Tupovai, Samipeni Finau, Luke Jacobson. The real standouts in the forward pack. Backline, she's stacked. Cortez Ratama, future All Black at 9. D-Mac at 10. Etene Nanai Satoru and Amoni Narawa on the wings. With Rameka Poihepi and Anton Lennart-Brown in the middies. Shooter at the back. And then a bench of Nankavu, Josh Ioani and Triple T. Jeez, they just have razzle and talent to burn out wide. Then in the four pack, they've also got some heat to come on to. Tyrone Thompson, Ollie Norris, Atu Moli. Good to see him back playing some code. Manaki Salbi Ricket and Naitoa Akoi. One of the funniest blokes going round in the rugby union game at the moment. He will look to add some fizz off the Remu. So still a stack 23 heading to Yarrow Stadium. And I'll be backing them to well and truly do a number on the red still and come away with the five point win and their 11th win for the season. Tying that Crusaders sides record from 2002. The game following that, Force versus the Drua. Get up the Drua over in Perth. Would love to see them win. Super Saturday sees two New Zealand derbies, I guess you could call them, with the Canes taking on Moana, as I mentioned before, and also the Crusaders taking on the Blues. Canes Moana, again, possible banana skin, but I do think the Swirls, they will be up for this one. They got a bit of egg on their face last week. It certainly seems like they were embarrassed, and it does appear, again, sides not named at time of recording, that they will look to now roll out the Rolls-Royce troops and try pick up five points to stay in touch with the top four in the competition. They'll probably also be praying that the Blues can beat the Crusaders so they can leapfrog them on the ladder. It's incredibly tight between sides one to five. Of course, the Chiefs, they have a nice buffer, a 9.1 in that. But then the Brumbies, Blues, Crusaders and Canes all fighting from two to five. There's only a four-point gap. One win, so anything could really happen. Perhaps I went too early on that old Hurricanes. No home semi-prediction, but they need a big win in this one. The Moana looking to spoil the party, and they'll be fizz with their effort that they put in last week. Probably a little gutted as well. Interested to see if Fine Anisi gets the start in the midfield. His impact off the Rimu was massive. And saying that though, I thought D'Angelo Leilua and Levi Almoa formed a potent midfield combo. So maybe Aaron Manger, he runs out. That same duo, then Crusaders Blues, 7.05pm kickoff. And this is a bums on seats clash, not only because it's two old rivals, but like I mentioned, it's third versus fourth, two proud clubs. And you'd have to think the Blues, they're going to finally rise to the occasion. And there's plenty of people weighing in, saying that they're not the side that they were last year. In fairness, they don't look like it at times, but I do just wonder, and this is what I'm hoping to as a Blues fan, if we've just been coasting, saving it for the big occasions, and in this clash, rolling down to Christchurch, Orange Theory Stadium, we're going to roll out the big guns, and we're going to look to rise and put in a vintage performance. And of course, the Crusaders, they're really hitting their straps. They've got a lot of their big dogs now. So hopefully both sides can trot out pretty full-strength lineups. Some key matchups, 1-23 to 23 all across the park. Plenty of blokes looking to push their case as well for All Black World Cup selection. Akeda, he's probably one that'll look to go with back-to-back -back big shifts. The Crusaders have had the wood on us over the last two games. Came up to Eden Park back-to-back and got the dub, so it's our turn now to roll down to their house and beat them on their turf. Nothing better than an away dub against the Crusaders. And saying that though, we all know how much they live. Jimmy Marshall was on here a couple weeks back saying that without really emphasising it, the players 
big game weeks, especially when they're playing the Blues, there's just a different intensity about them at training. This Crusaders side stacked with class, and Will Jordan, Richie Mwanga and co, Leon McDonald's lads, are going to have to be on high alert. So fingers crossed we can match it with them in the pack. Hopefully Bodie Barrett, of course, he was a late withdrawal last week with an Achilles niggle. Hopefully he's good to go. Fingers crossed that was precautionary. We need him in the 10 jersey. Zan Sullivan in the 15 if Petafeta's not back. And we can look to run amok and take them on at a bit of their own game as well. That Crusaders backline certainly has plenty of goers who can turn it on if given front football so that should be a huge game game of the round by a mile and one that all blues and crusaders fans always circle on their rugby union calendar she should have big playoff ramifications and i'm expecting both sides to leave it all out there the full cliche performance and shout out as well to the ladies in the kitchen then sunday avo to round us out the one game and that is the brumbies taking on the landers over in Canberra unfortunately and I feel like I'm being a bit harsh on the Spate Soldiers and their fans they got off to a good start last week but then just fell away and to be fair I kind of see the same picture playing out this week the Brumbies are a quality football side they've also just announced that a couple of their legends in Nick White and Pete Samu will not be lacing up for them next year so they will be full of fizz they've got three of their last four remaining games at home as well so they'll be looking to tick this box and rack up the win interesting to note two weeks time they host the Chiefs so the Chiefs take on the Canes next week and then the Brumbies not the easiest run home got a little sidetracked there by looking at their draw has nothing to do with this game but just something to note keep it in the back of your mind unfortunately I'll be back in the Brums here to get the win but hopefully the Spate Soldiers can keep it close and go the big lift so it should be an entertaining round round 12 only three rounds to go and there's still some massive games to come as i just alluded to fingers crossed the kiwi sides they can have themselves a field day the chiefs can get the dub moana i would love an upset there and then of course back in the blues inching towards the business end this is where teams really need to stand up and play some good code and boy would it be a timely win for the lads from the city of sales up the blues we will not lose. Weekly wrap time now and as mentioned she's going to be predominantly NBA focused as she has been over the last couple weeks. Game 4 and 5 in the books now for most series. We even have a couple game 6s locked in for tomorrow too but let's tuck into the games that have been on over the last couple days before casting the eye over today's clashes and yesterday we had a road team and a home team pick up the wins with the Sixers continuing to really trouble the highly fancied Boston Celtics they got the dub 115 to 103 a huge win in Boston for Philly and they now take a 3-1 series lead and head back home on match point with the chance to wrap things up and pull off a massive upset and the MVP he was locked in as you would expect bouncing back to his regular season form dropping 33 points including three three-pointers and also four blocks including a couple big ones on Jason Tatum and a clutch chase down block on old JB to lock down the rim and provide some elite level defense couple that with his fellow superstar Jimmy Harden he dropped 17 points 10 assists and eight boards and when those two are cooking they're a black strong side and a clear sign it's not going to be your day for me though the key to this win was the performance of the supporting cast Tyrese Maxey he dropped 30 Tobias Harris TH he dropped 16 and then Daniel House of all people provided 15 key minutes off the Rimu dropped 10 points on 5 from 7 shooting and provided some elite level defense as well on Boston's array of shooters really restricting them and proved to be a bit of a hidden gem for coach Doc Rivers after not getting much minutes in the series previous games for Boston nothing seemed to be dropping for them they had a pretty horrible night all round they shot 39.8% from the field 31.6 from three and 73.5 from the three throw line when you compare that to their season averages of 49% 38% and 82% it really was one of their worst shooting performances of the year it wasn't all bad though Tatum he finished with a personal haul of 36 points 10 boards 
forwards and five assists, shot eight of 11 from three, but it was the other blokes letting them down, the role players, especially from deep, Big Al Horford, 0 from seven, that is a tough read, and then Smart, White and Brogdon, that crucial guard rotation that often brings them home with their elite level scoring, they shot seven of 22, so a tough night for the Green Gang. So they'll look to bounce back tomorrow. Game six of that series tips off 11.30am on ESPN. For me, the key for the win will be getting those other guys going. We know Tatum and JB, they will show up with the ticks up against the ropes, but if they are to get the tick, they'll need all weapons contributing. Otherwise, it'll be off to Cancun for the Boston Celtics. Suns Nuggets, and this was a huge home win in Game 5 for Denver as well. 118 to 102 with the Joker, my MVP, putting that Matt Ishbia altercation behind him and dropping 29, 13, and 12. Another triple-double for one of the greatest all-round big men to have ever stepped on the court and it was the third quarter where the home side really piled on the damage they outscored the Suns 39 to 25 to blow out the scoreboard with the Joker himself scoring 17 and the team shooting 70% as a whole that is truly elite level shot making and boy is it bloody hard to go with them when they're shooting the rock like that the other keys to victory Michael Porter Jr he was locked in dropping 19 on 7 of 11 shooting and then that Denver Remu they had a massive night the old finishers Brucey Brown in particular not a household name but he scored 25 points a career high and call him Max Verstappen because he can drive to the rim as good as any bloke out on the court interesting to note as well whatever team has won the battle of the benches in this series has ended up winning the game with Denver's Rimu outscoring the Suns in games one and two the Nuggets got the upper hand in three and four and then Denver wrestled it back in game five to get the dub for the Suns their star duo they slumped a little after being on a crazy scoring clip throughout the playoffs Booker and Durant have combined for 601 points between them in the first nine games of the postseason that is crazy stuff Denver though they clearly did their homework locked in on these two held them to 54 points combined on 18 of 43 shooting and forced them into seven turnovers as well proving that to beat the Knicks you got to lock up these two and that's further highlighted by this stat the Suns are 0-3 in the playoffs this year when neither Booker or Durant scores under 30 points what a duo they are but clearly all of Phoenix's hopes lie on their shoulders. So for the Suns to get a shot at redemption tomorrow, they'll need a vintage Booker and Slim Reaper performance and hopefully get a bit more from their other role players. But no doubt Denver will be locked in and looking to wrap this one up in six on the Suns' home turf and advance onto the Western Conference Finals. And your other two series, Heat vs Knicks and Lakers vs Warriors, those two Game 5s go down today with the Heat and Lakers both on match point, both heading into the opposition's arenas. And for me, I see this series both ending in six. I think the Knicks and Warriors will defend home court today, but effectively they're just delaying the inevitable. They'll buy themselves one more game before suffering defeat and heading off on holiday for the Heat. What a rise they've had in these playoffs. They've been average all year, but come the end of the season, the cream of the crop, they've started to rise. Butler, he's been unreal. Bammy's been good, but it's been the performances of Maxi Struess, Caleb Martin, and Gabe Vincent that have got them across the line. I never thought I would mention those three names as having a massive impact on playoff basketball for New York. They just haven't been able to get it going on both ends of the floor at the same time. When their offense has been humming, their D, she's been shocking and vice versa. And the key in game four was the amount of offensive boards Miami got. They murdered them on the glass, grabbing 13 other things and providing 17 second chance points. When you compare that to the Knicks, who only got seven second chances that right there is the difference if New York get it done today they'll have to clean the glass with precision and be locked in on both ends of the floor Julius Randle he's the key for me the stat magnet had a great regular season but he's been a bit disappointing in the playoffs clearly carrying a niggle but it's lace up or go home time now so the big fella he really needs to put on a shift and no doubt the Madison Square Garden crowd will be riding the wave a true roller coaster and that 
could prove to be a key difference. And then finally, and last but certainly not least, the Lakers take on the Warriors in Game 5. That tips off at 2pm today on ESPN. Back-to-back playoff action. And the Lakers, they're looking to head into Chase Centre and wrap things up. The Warriors looking to defend their home floor as they've been doing all season exceptionally. Game four, what a performance it was from the Lakers. Lonnie Walker in particular, probably the least likely of heroes for them, but he dropped 15 fourth quarter points on nine shots in the fourth quarter alone, almost double that of AD and LeBron's combined total of five. So the big two, they were happy to take a back seat on offense, feed the hot hand, and man, did it pay off. And that's probably been the most pleasing thing for Lakers fans and players alike as they've received something big in every win from a player not named AD or LeBron, whether it's Russell, Rui, Reeves, the Triple R's, and now Walker. All of them have showed up in some way or form to help secure those massive wins. For the Warriors, Clay Thompson, he had an off-shooting night, and you just know that that won't happen again. The kid can shoot with the best of them. One of the game's best shooters ever, to be exact. So expect him to come out firing today and lighting them up from deep. They also had a few brain explosion plays down the stretch. Guys like Curry, Clay and Draymond, they lost their cool. We know that won't happen again as well. So I do expect them to get the dub today as much as that hurts. Then it will go back to the crypto arena or the Kingto Arena, as I like to call it, where the Lakers will wrap it up in Game 6 and secure a place in the Western Conference Finals, a spot that seems so unlikely just weeks ago when they were battling just to make the play-in. What a lift from the Lake Show. And interesting to see as well, a little fact for you to finish up on, only 13 teams have come back from a 3-1 deficit in playoffs history to win the series. There's been 277 series in total that have had a 3-1 lead with the team up 3-1, winning 264 of them, so just over 95%. If you look at that from this level, it looks grim for the Knicks and the Warriors pushing shit uphill, which is going to make for a bloody interesting watch. So things continue to roll in the world of the NBA. Little reminder, those two games today, Heat vs Knicks and Warriors vs Lakers, both of them on ESPN from 11.30. Then tomorrow, another doubleheader, same time on the same channel. Boston vs Sixers and Nuggets vs Suns with Knicks and Heat and Warriors Lakers game six is both scheduled for Saturday as well. Of course that both depends on today's results whether we need those games up the lake show and go and get them King James. Then on to UFC 288 and of course that went down last weekend with Aljamain Sterling defending his bantamweight strap against the old dog in Henry Cejudo with the fight going the distance and the champ coming out on top as predicted in what was by all reports a pretty disappointing cards of Biff entertainment wise. It's rare for the UFC, usually she's all go action packed but apparently this one was a bit of a fizzer didn't watch it myself, I was flying, but hey, it is what it is, and you still can't beat it, Dusty Sunday Arvo, on the couch, watching the Biffs, which leads us into this Sunday, and a UFC fight night card, which features a Kiwi in Carlos Olberg, hasn't got much press, but I'm really excited to watch this, of course, Lossie, he is one of the big talents in that CKB stable, has a record of 8-1, and one, and he's fighting on the main card of this event, taking on 26-year-old Ukrainian, Ihor Potieria. I'm not going to pretend to know much about that bloke. Has a record of 19 and 3 though, so he has a bit of experience on Carlos and he clearly can throw them. But a quick look at the TAB odds and that has the Black Jag Arlad as clear favourite. So hopefully this will be a convincing win for the Kiwi and he can rack up his ninth straight dub in the UFC. And of course, being a fight night, this card, she's live and free on ESPN. Gets underway at 3.30am with the main card kicking off at 7am. Carlos, he's scheduled to walk at 7.40, so it's Biffs for Brecky on Sunday. Strap yourself in. And I can't wait to watch the Kiwi Kid go to work. Pancakes and ground and pound. No better way to start your day. And then just quickly, and I've had a few people ask why I don't talk much about the soccer football on this show, and I make no apologies in saying I only talk about it when Liverpool are going great guns, and unfortunately, 
They are not the top of the pops this year, so the soccer chat, she's taken a drop as a result. I will quickly touch on the Champions League, though. First league of the semis wrapped up this morning. City and Madrid played out a one-all draw in Madrid, and then Inter Milan, they scored two goals in the first 11 minutes to beat AC Milan, the old air-conditioning version, 2-0. In a unique situation, the loser, they dropped the Milan from their name, so plenty at stake, and also interesting to know the name is not the only thing they share in common they also share a stadium so home advantage she doesn't mean much in this series looking forward to the second legs though going down on Wednesday and Thursday next week so there you go quick little wrap up of some soccer footy chat Rip into the Q&A to finish and as usual picked out four of the best. First up, life member, honorary question asker Travis Moody who again steams in off the back fence and says, do you think Magic Round would actually go good here in New Zealand? Heartstrings aside. And look, that's a great question, Travis. Of course, there's been plenty of chat about it lately and I actually asked Andrew Abdo, as I mentioned. He seemed pretty up for it, so we shall see. And saying that though, Brizzy, they do it so well. You get that Aussie fan base from Sydney, Melbourne, etc. willing to travel. Caxton Street, Suncorp Stadium, there's just something about the whole experience. And I do think it would dip a little over here in New Zealand. And saying that though, there is a world where it could work really well I'm thinking Eden Park would probably have to be the venue for it you could shut down Kingsland Street get everyone into the pubs there and then walk across it could work we all know Auckland traffic and public transport though she is a nightmare it's not quite as easy to get around as the Brisbane City Centre the best thing about it too is you just have a short walk out of the stadium after to get yourself into the nightlife so logistically might be a little tougher the big thing for me though is would those Aussie fans travel that is the key because they make such an important role in how effective this weekend is I would like to see it once though just to see how it goes if not maybe we bring back the nines instead especially now we don't have a sevens league here over in rugby union used to love the nines back in the day on and off the field she was bloody entertaining so if they want to keep magic round and brizzy I certainly would support that but let's bring back the nines then make a little compromise and give us something to get around here in the great nation of Aotearoa your next question, Scotty Prince, and he asks, how excited were you to see Luke Metcalf named, and when will he be back in the top side? And look, she was huge fizz yesterday when that New South Wales Cup team was named. What a player. Excitement galore. Speed to burn, full of razzle, but he can also do the fundamentals so well. He's just such a great bloke, so it's good to see him back out there on the paddock in terms of when will he be back in the top side I think he might be on a little minutes restriction this weekend ease him back in then I don't think the cup side has a bye next weekend so he gets another chance to play that game rack up some minutes in the saddle and then depending on how young Voltman goes we could well see him back into the team to take on the Broncos post the bye it's just going to be good to see him back out there playing some footy and hopefully the hammy she comes through unscathed of course he went over to America saw the hamstring whisperer and Billy Knowles he worked his magic he's gone above and beyond on his rehab ticked all the boxes so I'm excited to see him in full fight just burning blokes ripping in a tearing hopefully a couple strong performances and then he can really push his case to bounce back in and fill in in that six role while we are still without Tamaire Martin. Great question there, Scott, mate. Believe you're a first-time question asker too, so it's great to hear from you there, lad. You're next up. Carly Kiwi, one of the greats, the stats man, old Jezza, and he says, can the Rams win the first round and take home the Vincent Shield this weekend? And look, to be fair, Jezza, haven't been paying too much attention to the old club footy results down there in the deep south, but absolutely the Rams can, where there's a will, there is a way. And in Grassroots Code, it's all about the old cliches where the platform shall be laid up front. You'll have to take it to the opposition for the full 80 minutes. It'll be a game of two halves. But as always, thanks to the refs, the sponsors, and the ladies in the kitchen, it wouldn't be possible without them. So go well, horse, and hopefully you are lifting up that Vincent Shield at the end of the weekend. You can't do as much with a shield as you can with a cup, 
but I'm sure you'll find a way to be resourceful. My favourite when we won the Liz Pear Shield at the Mighty Coat was to do the old shieldsy, just pour a Leon Rouge, swap a crate, big bottle down the face of the shield with the bottom facing into your mouth. It's great times, is a bit messy, goes all over your number ones, but hey, anything to celebrate winning another trophy and then your final question fired through from Sam Quinn and he says surly mate what was your beer of choice when you were over the ditch and how many did you put away post the was and great question there lad fair to say the schooners they go good over there nice and cold maybe it's that Aussie heat they just seem extra refreshing when you're over the ditch great to see better beer on tap over an Aussie of course it's a local drop for them so I was tucking into a few of those also of course had to wet the whistle with a couple blokes that was everywhere at the Caxton so both of those beers they would be a great addition to pubs here in New Zealand in my opinion they were my two main of choice before advancing of course onto the old vodka sodas once you're out in the mixer in the old brizzy nightlife in terms of the vessel count shit she would have been fairly high all consumed responsibly of course one of the great occasions old magic rounds I had to get amongst it zero regrets still a little dusty the throat's a little croaky but hey it is what it is and it was a heck of a shift so that wraps us up for another episode of Surly Talk Sport. Shout out as always to the great folks at Sky Sport now and also to all of you for listening. She's been a long one, but I appreciate you strapping yourself in. If you're not already a Sky customer and you don't want to miss a minute of the action this weekend with some huge clashes set to go down across multiple sporting codes, make sure you check out the Sky Sport Now website, www.skysportnow.co.nz or download the app on your smartphone, TV, or laptop and get yourself in the mixer to unlock all of the Sky Sport and ESPN channels for a fraction of the price of your regular Sky subscription and wait there's more call me Surly Zan Paul because boy do I have a discount code for you to type in Surly 10 at checkout that'll get you an extra 10% off the weekly monthly or annual pass you can cancel at any time as well she's the home of sport streaming here in New Zealand and I really appreciate their support So let's chuck them a bit of business back their way and get around one of the great services. So up the Waz, up the Blues and up the Lakers. All three are going to rack up historic wins this weekend. And of course, get up Carlos Olberg in that UFC fight night. I'll catch you back here tomorrow to talk some punting. Thanks to the TAB. Got a special guest as well, the random stats guy, old Rando, jumping on to talk all things NRL. So go well, enjoy your Thursday. How good.